Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Are we now joined by Trey Beatty of Hogsports.com? I'm with you. I'm all okay. packed up with no place to go. My flight keeps getting delayed, but I'll be there around midnight. <laughs> Holy oh, cow. my goodness. You Way went through the same thing that David and I went through on Sunday. Start off at uh, at 1.38. Mm-hmm. Then I get another notice. It's been delayed by 45 minutes. And then we get another one that's been delayed to 2.39. And I'm thinking, okay. Then uh, I called David and I said, David, uh, you think you can make it in time for your show in the morning? I said, you know, if need be, we can hop in your vehicle because, you know, we fly when we're in your vehicle. Uh, he drives so fast. <laughs> um, and then next thing I know, it's jumped back up to 139. And I'm thinking, Whew, you know. moved you ahead. Yes. And here I am in near old Searcy, Arkansas, and I can make it all the way to the Bill Clinton National Airport, which is about almost an hour away, and they want you there now like two hours before any flight. And mm-hmm. uh, I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, I'm going to be left behind. But uh, I did make it. So, Trey, I, I feel for you, buddy. I feel for it you. It happens. In this day and age, you just kind of got to expect that your flight is going to get delayed. But, yeah, I kept get, gotten three notifications on flights getting pushed back. But, you know, the only reason I was going really for me, you know, you guys, radio people, you know, you're there, plenty of interviews to do and all that stuff. And I like to get to know, you know, get to see everybody up close in person and all that stuff. But really the main benefit is, you know, getting to see Arkansas there. And, I mean, heck, the way the flights worked out for me, it's cheaper for me to come early than it is to fly out like on a Tuesday <laughs> because the difference in the hotel room cost versus the expense of the flight for flying on a Tuesday, uh, it makes it cheaper just to come stay in a hotel. So, um, yeah, it's just kind of the way things are these days. But uh, I'll be there. I'll be there soon. We'll have a lot of great coverage. Wow. Okay. Um, well, then we will expect you. Well, I'm not going to be there at the front door waiting on you. but uh, No, we, <laughs> not at midnight. You. No, not at midnight. Um, I, Trey, I'm, I'm already messed up enough. I've got my calendar, my daily calendar, and in booking guests. I did this last time I was in Atlanta. I had the commissioner scheduled to come on Central Time, but he mm-hmm. had it Eastern Time. So he shows up an hour before I'm ready for the commissioner of the Southeastern Conference, Greg Sankey. So... Yeah. I stay messed up. David stays messed up. The only one that stays halfway straight is Trey, Trey Schaap. But Trey always has everything under control. So what's Well, that? what does that mean? Is Greg Sankey coming on with you here during Trey Biddy's time, or why, why are you explaining that? I haven't got him scheduled yet. This is what happened a oh, couple you don't? years ago. No, oh, I haven't got him scheduled yet. But I've got my, trusty, right. well, I've got my trusty schedule here. Where, uh, yeah, you need to convert it. You, you yeah. are on Eastern Time Zone. If you right. Mr. Greg Sankey, 5 o'clock. To him, that's 4 o'clock Central Time. So Correct. Yeah. yeah I, I came to this conclusion today after listening to Greg Sankey. If the, for the last 10 years, if he was the head of the NCAA, guess what? We College sports would not be in the mess it's in today. I, I think you're no. probably right. No, it, you're correct. No, he, he is as impressive an individual that I think I have ever seen in my life. 
and a microphone. He is so smooth. Uh, the guy could run a country, too, I can tell you that. The, the question is, would the SEC be in as good a shape? Probably so, because they've always had brilliant commissioners, but, uh, mm-hmm. but you make a very good point. I thought Mike Sly yeah, was a- brilliant until yeah. we ran into Greg Sankey. And I think Greg Sankey is taking it up another level. I hope he's not listening to yeah. us right now. Well, look at all Roy Kramer did. I mean, oh, yeah. Yeah. revolutionized yeah. things. That's right. Yeah. Sure did. These yeah, guys are sharp. Commissioners. Yeah, and that's, and that's why the SEC prospers is because they have great leadership. Now, there's are we no talking about there. the officiating, too, or are you – <laughs> no, no, we're only talking about great leadership as far as uh, visionary, visionary, keeping the league strong and all that. So I agree I'm, I'm guessing, you know, Trey, I, I'm guessing every league struggles with that some because yep. nobody's going to be totally happy with officiating, no matter how good it is. You're just not. We're talking about guys without a whistle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, don't you agree, well, though? On the other hand, Rick, the better the competition, the better the athletes, I think it's harder to call their games because they are so athletic, they are so fast, yeah. things are oh, yeah. happening in such a blink of the eye, so to speak, that, I mean, I'm not saying that they, they that some of the things the that NFL they mess up on, they should officiating. Yeah, I mean, but I think, boy, you'd hear about the speed of the game. I really can't yeah. try. It's hard for me to believe that it, at, and I'm talking about the upper echelon of the SEC, because so many of these guys end up being, you know, first round draft picks, you know, of the National Football League. That yeah, I mean, you're you're basically out there officiating professional athletes, and of course Lane Kiffin is now calling them all professional athletes uh, because of the NIL and the way that. Uh, you know, it's not like you have to bid on a player, a high-profile player, if you want to get him. But I just think sometimes we don't cut enough slack. But now when it gets to rules interpretation, that's not the speed of the game. You, know, you no. I, I just don't think you should mess up on the yeah, rules or the application yeah. of the rules. But I can see where you can miss some calls just simply because yeah. of the speed of the game. Well, think about this. The, of the three major sports, baseball, football, and basketball, the slowest is baseball, but and they probably have the best officials as far as umpires. It's such a long traditional game, but how many games have we seen where calls are overturned? And and these guys are really good. And, and it's such a split second did the guy's foot touch the bag before the ball got there, uh, and then you'll see it get overturned. So that's why I don't. We probably shouldn't be as hard as official on officials as we are. Except, Randy, to your point, if it's a rule interpretation, that should not be an issue. No, I don't think it should was, be. Was the head of officiating today? I saw all the coaches and, of course, Sankey, no, no. but they didn't show on TV. Okay, no. is he tomorrow? Well, let me get my uh, menu, if you will, for tomorrow. Um, today was Lane Kiffin and Eli Drinkwitz of Missouri Coach Kelly, and Ryan Kelly. Kelly. Yeah. Of LSU, those were the three coaches. Tomorrow Sankey. is in Sankey, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then tomorrow will be John McDade, who is over the officials. Yeah. He is tomorrow. Okay. okay. So what was the most since you guys everybody's impressed with Greg Sankey? 
what's the most profound thing he said today, or did he say anything that we didn't know before today? The only thing that I really think that that he was um, almost the point of of boasting, um, and I've never seen him in that in that kind of posture. At least I don't think I have. And that is about the super conference. I mean, he's he's calling right now the Southeastern Conference a super conference. And, and it has been a super conference, is what he said. Also, yeah, and. Um, He's, he acts like he's unaffected. Uh, it claims, anyway, that he had no no forewarning of the UCLA-USC move to the Big Ten. Um, and that there's no ur- no urgency in looking at further expansion. No, no. And, uh, now, Oklahoma's AD did say today that he and Texas, and I guess they're, he and Texas's AD are close friends. I guess like Royal and Broyles were, they, even though they're enemies on the field, he said there's no thought of those two schools leaving the Big 12 early. So that yeah. that means you're still 2025 before those two would actually play an SEC schedule. That was the only dates that Sankey brought up. And, you know, he talked a little bit about NIL and, you know, what the direction of college football is in the future and, um, you know, just how the SEC isn't looking at other conferences to figure out what they're doing. They're just doing their own thing pointed out how they're holding it together from a geographic standpoint all these states connect you know that are Mm -hmm. um that are moving along they all connect to one uh, at least one other so um i thought he made a good point about that and just you know just talking about the dominance of the conference i mean 2019 lsu 2020 alabama 2021 georgia um you know winning what three straight for the last five national champions um and just really, you know, I think just talking about the strength of the conference and the vision of the conference, um, you know, I think that was that was his main um, talking points. And then just the confusion of everything and uh, how how busy the summer was with all the stuff going on with Texas and you know Oklahoma, USC. To um, of course that Texas Oklahoma was before, but you know just USC and. UCLA uh, to the Big Ten and, you know, just all the discussion with NIL. It's been a pretty busy summer for, you know, as far as off-season discussion goes. So if if Oklahoma and Texas don't come in until 2025, uh, what would keep uh, behind the scenes being negotiation going on to bring two other teams with them? I mean, he said he was about 18 months out from when that started coming out, didn't he? Mm Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's possible that he's in some kind of discussion with some other situation <laughs> that's, that's, that's going to happen I'm in 18 saying. months. Yeah. Well, Trey, somehow we made it through the weekend without a commitment to Arkansas football. What happened? Yeah, no uh, no new commitments. That's, I think that's how it's going to be for a while, though, Randy. I mean, Danny told us, hey, Look out, June and July is going to be extremely busy, and absolutely was. Maybe the busiest it's ever been. You know, obviously the recruiting calendar has changed. It, uh, with everything going on, uh, you know, forced our analysts to kind of to postpone their rankings. Our rank, new rankings came out today. Um, there were several changes. A few guys moved down a little bit. A few guys moved up significantly. Uh, Isaiah Augustov, the running back out of Naples, Florida, who's committed to Arkansas, they moved him all the way up to number five prospect in the uh, five running back prospect in the entire country 
number 190 overall. Uh, that was from he was previously 461 nationally, so he made a tremendous jump. A, a large part of that they already were feeling that he needed to move up, and then uh, he was uh, offensive top dog at the uh, football academy uh, camp in in Florida uh, for offensive players and. Uh, 24-7 was there, and they were really impressed with him. So he made a, quite a significant jump. I think he was 18th running back in the country before that. We kind of saw that coming. Um, Luke has moved down a little bit. Shamar Easter moved up just a, just a hair. Uh, Micah Tease moved up significantly. Jalen Braxton moved up a lot. He moved up uh, several spots. So those are just the top 247, the top 247 prospects in the country. Um I think that's everybody that was in the list. I think it's it's like six players or something. That are what about drive, Malachi so, you know. Singleton? Uh, to me, after yeah. watching his video uh, at that Elite 11 camp, I would think he would jump up. No, he didn't jump up. He actually fell just a little bit. Um, really? Let me see. Yeah, he fell a little bit. Uh, the coaches had him higher on their performance than – now, 24-7 still has him higher than anybody else, but he, uh, let me see, okay. So he fell from, like, here, I'll give you the numbers right here. I, Isaiah Augustov uh, went from 461 to 190. Micah Tease went from 135 to 119, so he moved up. Jalen Braxton made a big jump from 211 to 146. Luke has moved. Luke has fell pretty bit, good bit, 87 to 158. Um, I'm told just asking about that, that was something that they felt was coming. I think has probably hurt himself a little bit by not going on the camp circuit at all. They don't have any times on him. He'll have a chance to bump this up, you know, through the season and uh, through all-star uh, stuff, but I think that hurt him a little bit, not getting any times on him. Um, Singleton went from 203 to 234, so he dropped uh, a few wow. spots, 31 spots. Yeah. And then, um, let's see, Marcus Deal is a guy that they're in on. He went from 57 to 58. He would probably be the highest-ranked guy that you feel like, hey, maybe they, they got a shot at him. Uh, so, But overall, I think Arkansas moved. You know, when you consider all the guys that were in the 247, um, they moved up 251 total spots. So overall, it was a, a good move. But, I mean, yeah, you're, you're disappointed. You expect – you know, you want to see guys move up, but, I mean, in the whole scheme of things, you know, the group as a whole did move up in the rankings. Now, you've talked about Malachi many times before, Trey, but is mm-hmm. is he being projected by the scouting services as a dual-threat quarterback or as a pro-style quarterback? Because the emphasis they kept, the analysis was, boy, he's a, when he's in the pro-style uh, he really shines, but once he has to go to the dual threat, then uh, there seems to be some question marks. You sure you got that right? Sounds backwards. Or maybe I have it backwards. I, I swear yeah, I thought I think it you was... got that backwards. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I think that they not, not a niche quarterback, but maybe not a guy that would fit a pro-style system quite as well, um, but definitely a dual threat guy. I mean, you look at the evaluation on him. And again, I mean, we're talking about 234 overall prospect in the country. It's not like they're they're down on him, um, you know. I mean, obviously, there's a lot. Of, a large part of it is you've got other guys um, outside the 24/7 that um, needed to be moved up, um, that that hadn't moved up, but um, still very high. I mean, a firm four-star prospect. 
But uh, I think that's, you know, that's kind of part of it that, uh, you know, there's certain kinds of offenses that would work for him and, and maybe certain kinds they feel just wouldn't. And, you know, who knows with development. I mean, guys get into a college system, obviously, you know, you like to think that they're going to develop. But um, I like my Malachi. His drop 31 spots in the top 247 doesn't change my opinion of him at all. So is he in the same boat, so to speak, once the season starts? Can he improve his stock based upon the regular oh, yeah. season? Okay. No question. I mean, they'll, they'll, they they do re-rankings all the time. And, you know, first four games of your senior year, I think that's a big marker for when, uh, you know, not only recruiting services but also coaches, you know, like to, you know, figure some things out on some guys. You know, maybe that's moved to juniors now instead of seniors with, uh, you know, how everything's moved up. But absolutely. And then all-star, you know, it's not just the all-star games. It's the, the week of practice that, you know, weighs in pretty big on – you know, re-ranking, that, that final re-ranking list. Yeah, I liked what I saw. So, uh, I did but I'm not, I'm not a, a evaluator of quarterbacks, which is very obvious. Yeah, I mean, in the whole scheme of things, too, Randy, I mean, in a quarterback ranking, I think he was 20th among quarterbacks and probably like 21st now. You know, so it's not like this dramatic move. Out of how many quarterbacks? Yeah. Out of every quarterback in the country. Yeah, that's a bunch. Yeah, that's, that's my point. That so that you know that that does sound a lot better. Um, when if you're if you're looking ahead, Trey, what is the one question that you want to ask of Sam Pittman? One question. Wow. Um, I, <laughs> there's probably a few. But, uh, you know, I would like to know how some of those new transfers are looking, you know, how things came out of the outset. You know, like Jordan Dominic, we didn't get to see him in the spring. And um, Landon, uh, Landon Jackson was injured in the spring. But, you know, Terry Hampton, how, you know, how are these guys working in with the, with the rest of the players and, and where do we see them contributing? Those transfers are going to be huge for Arkansas, um, you know, not just – on defense, but on offense, obviously with Hazelwood, Matt Landers, um, another guy you want to know how, how he's progressed, what, what could his role be. Um, and then, you know, are there any of these freshmen? That's something we're always always kind of have my eye on the future, Randy. You know that by our projected depth charts down the road and all mm-hmm. the stuff we put out like that. But, uh, you know, who are some of these guys that are impressing you out of the, the freshman class that are coming in? Those would probably be a couple of questions I have. But, man, um, I don't know. I start asking one and just kind of get to rolling. My mind starts kind of churning, so that's probably how it I'm just giving you a head start to have your questions lined up. Thank you, sir. All right, that's Trey Beatty of HogSports.com.